Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. For he will be like a bush in the desert and will not see when prosperity comes, but will live in stony wastes in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitant. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaves will be green and it will not be anxious in the time of drought nor cease to yield fruit. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love your word and, and uh, we love passages uh, like this that, um, that shows your heart's desire uh, for us and for those who would follow you and put their trust in you and, and just uh, the flourishing. And, and I pray that there's some that um, today that are in the desert that need to put their trust in you. And um, we commit this time in your word, in Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Uh, my name is Dan Martin, and um, I also went on the, the, uh, the trip to the Dominican, uh, and it was a, an amazing time. Um, if we look at our text this morning, I'm going to spend a, a little bit of time here um, uh, right now, but y- we can see that, um, that those who uh, put their trust in mankind or the flesh or uh, uh, in man ends up in the, in the wilderness, in, in, a, in, a desolate, in a desolate sort, uh, unfruitful by, by itself, uh, in a stony waste in the wilderness. And, um, and then in verse 7, uh, we see, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose trust is in the Lord. And, and, that, uh, and, and then we see a, it's, it's like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by the tree and will not fear when heat comes, and heat will come, but the leaves remain green, and it will be not anxious in a year of drought, but uh, and, and not cease to yield fruit. Um, and if we take a look at verse 7, uh, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Now, this is the action of trust. This is the, the, the uh, I'm in trouble, uh, we're going to battle, we have some issues, let's trust the Lord uh, kind of trust. And, and, then, and then it kind of says it again, and whose trust is the Lord, and um, and this one I'm kind of zeroing in on a little more today is and th- this is the bottom line trust. This is that foundational trust that uh, God is who He is, and you know what? I'm just going to trust Him, and um, and and but this is where uh, the struggle comes in um, because uh, uh, we have a big God. And he's mysterious. And, and we have all these whys that come in. Why God this and why God that? And, and, um, 
And uh, God is big and complex and mysterious. And, uh, and, and how can we get a grip on that uh, this morning uh, of an infinite God and, and us finite? I mean, sometimes we think, well, it's like me and an ant. Well, those are two finite things. And frankly, I don't know a lot about an ant. Uh, but, um, but God is an infinite God. And, and uh, I, I decided to make a little, uh, oh, a little project um, to, to, to uh, look at, and uh, basically. Um, but I made this uh, kind of mysterious object here. And uh, not floating too good here anymore, but uh, some kids were in there playing in the first service or something here. But okay, now this is uh, we have to rebuild it here. Okay, (laughs) imagine this being a billion times bigger. Okay, and more interesting and more complex. Okay, and we say that kind of was what God is like. And then I put a little, a little fleck right here. A little, you can kind of see it. It's a little black piece of pepper there. That's us. Okay, and uh, actually, I, I, I blew it up. I, I, I blew it up uh, uh, one billion times. So this is the negative. Uh, 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 magnification of this little fleck right here. Okay, and that's us. All right, and um, and here we have this big, amazing God with all these interesting things and things that we don't even know about because we're you know we're living way over here. We experience God a, a little bit. We hear of some other things about God, and um, and and the thing is. He's big, and uh, in Isaiah fifty-five nine, God does a comparison, and uh, th- this is what what He says. Isaiah fifty-five nine: As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So here's not even a comparison with God in us, just his ways and his thoughts. And from the earth to outer space are the differences there. And, um, and, and this is the, the challenging thing. Uh, we have uh, trying to get a grip on uh, our big God that uh, we do. And, and, and the Bible... Uh, the Bible is complete in the fact that uh, we're not getting any more of it. It's, it's completely delivered. And, uh, but it doesn't cover everything. Um, and uh, in, in, in fact, there's a lot more that's going on than that's in the Bible. And, and uh, now it's complete in the fact that everything we need for eternal life and godliness is there. So in that fashion it's it's complete but if you look at John 21:25 uh it says it says this. Now this is the end of John. 
Okay, now there is also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. So we, we have, you know, even in the Bible, just a snippet of Jesus, the Son of God, in what he did. Um, and, and you wonder, gosh, what are all those other stories and those other things that he did? And, and even the things that, you know, are revealed in three uh, uh, plus years on the Lord, are, you know, you have so many questions about and wonder um, about. And, um, uh, or we could ask it a different way, put it in another way, is uh, what does the Bible not cover? And, um, and here, uh, the Bible does not um, give an explanation for everything. And, and this is, uh, hyper-intellectuals uh, get frustrated with this because, you know, we, we want to have, you, you know, the, the, uh, the, the portion uh, 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 that's revealed in the Bible, and then we want to know the nine explanations on how that all works. And, uh, and, and this is where, um, you, you know, I have lots of questions about this big God that we have, and, and, uh, and, and some of them uh, I, I wrote down here. Uh, when were the angels created? Uh, how many different kinds of angelic beings are there? Uh, where do angels live? A, a, a inside of our universe or outside of our universe? And how do they kind of come and go and, and show themselves and disappear? How do they move around? Um, what dimension is heaven in? Um, then all, all the mysteries uh, we long to know about. And, and I, I, I'm fascinated with the incarnation of Christ. And that he, here the Son of God existed before uh, uh, he became a man. And then he took on a body. And he had to learn things. And the Holy Spirit came on. And you just, you know, sometimes someone touched his garment. And he said, who touched me? And, and you just, it, it's just fascinating. Then he dies and raises up in a new body. And now he's in, in heaven with the Father, and, and the Father is, is spirit, and, and, and the Holy Spirit is spirit, and how do they relate, and how they relate with the Son. And, and, and you know, our, our God is very complex, and, and there's a lot we don't know about him. And, um, uh, uh, and then we have subjects like death and immortality, um, uh, uh, we're going to shed um, our mortal body and uh, have a new body. And, and what's that going to be like? Um, we started off in the garden, but we're going to end up in a city, in the city of God with uh, millions of other Christians, uh, and, um, and we're going to live with God there. How, how's that going to work? And you, and you ever sometimes just imagine try to imagine heaven and, and you read some of Revelation and you pry, uh, pry, try to put some feet under it and, and I come out with more questions than I do with, you know, answers on, on that. And, um, 
And, and then there's subjects of conflict. And, um, you know, God, God planned everything, and he's holy and just and true. But there's evil. And how, how could be, he be in control, and, and yet there's evil going on? And, um, and then this is one of my favorites to try to think through, is he predestined, and yet he holds everyone personally responsible. And, uh, and, and I try to put those together and pull them apart. And, and, you know, sometimes our tendency to try to understand God is, well, I'm going to lean on the predestined side. Or, but we've got to say, hey, God created us to be personally responsible. And we can't just uh, uh, come uh, at it with our own terms. But we need to look at it what God says. And, uh, and then... Uh, there's the whole problem of evil and suffering and pain. And, and there's no problem with God in this, you, you know, from the Bible. And God is not wheeling around in the Bible, oh, we've got to fix this or this is a problem. It's happening exactly how he planned. But uh, how are we going to answer the mother who's on her knees next to her four-year-old son who's taking his last breath, dying from cancer. You know, what do we say there? Why God? You know, and, and this is where uh, we, we struggle. And, um, and Job, you know, he went through this whole ordeal and had everything stripped away. And he responded correctly at first. He, he said, you know, uh, uh, God, you gave me everything and you took everything away. Praise be God, you know. And, and then his friends start wearing him down saying, you must have sinned, you must have blown it or something. And, uh, and then Job says, uh, he questions, why was I ever born? And, uh, and God jumps in and answers that question for about three chapters and and his and his answer was, uh, uh, where where were you when I created the mountains? Where where were you when I made water happen and, and streams flow? And where were you when I did made billy goats? Was were, did we have like a canceling relationship here? I mean, did did you give me input on this? And he just goes on and on. And and Job finally you know puts his hand over his mouth and said. I, I'm not, uh, you know, I, I said something stupid. I'm not saying it again. My mouth is shut before you, Lord. And, um, but uh, th- these are, this is what we should expect to happen when we have an eternal God that just, he, he has so much going on and so much that we don't even know about going on. And that's why I say sometimes we'll grab onto the Bible and think, oh, I know God. And, and But this is our most important piece we know about the Lord, and we need to respond accordingly and correctly. But um, uh, this is something that uh, we, we will struggle with. Um, but uh, our God sees the big picture, of course. He understands the big picture. He's more powerful than the big picture. Uh, he's bigger than the big picture. He created the big picture. And um, our infinite God is so big, there, there's no trouble, no weakness, 
no unknown to anything. Uh, there is nothing out of control for him. There is no conflict. Uh, and in fact, he is the great mystery writer. Uh, for eternity, we'll be untangling things. And um, But God's big picture and, and his eternal perspective, the, the problem is we get stuck thinking and living in the context of time on, and, and on this earth. And and our self-focus, and I'm here for my happily ever after. And, and see, you know, Lazarus, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, and, uh, it, but he died again, you know? And, and uh, you'd think, gosh, he rose him from the dead, you know, and then here Lazarus dies again. Well, that's the point. We're dying here. And, um, you know, Two people die every second on the planet. Um, in the next 10 minutes, 1,200 people will die. <clears throat> That's 173,000 people per day that die. In, in uh, one year, 56.7 million people die. And most of them, we don't, we don't hear news flash or... Did we hear? And, and I mean, the other amazing thing is twice that many are born every year. And you just imagine, what, what's God doing? <laughs> There's just people dying and being born back, you know. But we get stuck in our little culture. And we, we get stuck in our, our little world. And I've got plans. And um, I'm, I'm going to make a career. And I'm going to have kids. And I'm going to live my life, and I and and uh, and uh, this, this is what happens, and and uh, what we don't want uh, is for us to get stuck with the wrong things we're standing on, the wrong things we're trusting on uh, temporarily. This is not the end game, uh, and we don't want to miss the end game, um, but it's not in this world. And the end game is not in this culture. It's not in this body. It's not with this stuff. It's not even in this universe. <clears throat> this life here and now is not the end game. What happens though here is most important. And, uh, and it will decide what happens in the next. And uh, so this is a, a little part of the answer to the problem of evil. But uh, when we see things in life the way God sees them from his eternal perspective um, the, there's uh, the, the, there's an opening of truth and reality for us and um, or another way of uh, putting it when we experience God in his immovable unchanging all powerful in total control eternal all knowing person an eternal perspective happens uh, uh, and you know we need to take a bath in it, and um, and and stay in it. Paul uh, uh, demonstrated that for us. He he lived in, in uh, God's eternal perspective. Uh, the guy was shipwrecked. He 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 was probably killed being stoned, uh, uh, and then and came back. But had so many attempts on his life. But he he always saw you know if I live on this life, whether it's in prison here singing with my buddies. Or uh, uh, it's victory. It's all good. Or if I die and go to be the, with the Lord, 
victory, victory. And he just lived that way. And, um, and, and I love, you know, we, you know, sometimes we think, gosh, if we could live in the miraculous times. Um, but we have God's word. And we have uh, um, the, the after Christ and resurrection and all the, the, you know, how-tos to live the Christian life down. We should have better confidence and, and, uh, than, than even Elijah. And, and, you know, Elijah, I love this story where he's uh, 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 the, uh, uh, these guys are trying to wipe out Samaria and, and, and Elijah's telling the king of Samaria every time, you know, they're going to come attack. And so these guys are ticked off at Elijah. And now they said, forget Samaria. We're going to go kill Elijah first. And so they're hunting Elijah now, this embattlement or whatever. And, and, uh, the, the, uh, and, and I love Elijah's servant because uh, Elijah's like, ah, let's go to Samaria. And he goes, well, we've already heard that those guys are going to capture us there and they're going to kill us. We should be running the other way. And, and, and Elijah prays and says, Lord, show them what's going on. And, and the Lord opened the servant's eyes to spiritual reality, what truly was going on at that point in time. And the servant looked up and hears all these angels on horseback with flaming swords, you know? And, and then, then, then the servant's like, hey, no prob, let's go, you know? <laughs> This, this is what happens when we get taken out of our temporary fearful element. And then, you know, of course, they go down. They're not going to fight these guys and kill them. No, they smite them with blindness and they take them in. They have a big banquet and just feed these guys. And then they take away their blindness and these guys go home and they never came back. You know, the, the Lord just worked these guys over. And, um, and so it's very helpful for us to live our life with a spiritual uh, uh, reality check, to, to look at things in, from an eternal perspective. And um, a couple verses here. Uh, Romans eleven thirty three to 36. I love this. Oh, the depth and riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor who has ever given to God that God should repay him for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be glory forever Uh, it, it makes sense that when we come in contact with an infinite God that there's conflicts, that there's uh, uh, questions, that there's misunderstandings. But we got to let God be God and not try to push him into, our, uh, uh, into what we think he ought to be like. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to me. The things I've revealed to you, these you think on. Um, God is big and mysterious with big ways and complexities. Uh, and uh, did, did we really think we should be able to fathom God? I, I mean, I, I, I crack up when somebody says, 
you know, I, I kind of go with the God of the Bible, but it's all those miracle things that I just can't really buy. And it's like, hello, the, the God of the Bible is all-powerful, all-knowing. He, he could, you know, uh, the Jonah thing, you know, with the whale and all that. It's like God could have had, you know, Captain Hook's crocodile swallow Jonah, right? I, I mean, and then he was breathing crocodile breath down in the depths for three. You know, God is a God that can make anything happen. And, and so the real problem is you have a problem with God. You have a problem with you being God of your own life and calling the shots and making the, the God structure and not wanting to buy what uh, an infinite God would want. Now, um, there's a, uh, in your, your bulletins, there's a, Four postures that um, Christians shouldn't gravitate to. Uh, imp- four impro- uh, improper postures. Now, someone who doesn't know the Lord, and, and if you don't know the Lord today, it there's darkness. There's not clear understanding. There's a lot of muddle. But the Lord begins to open up our heart and show us things about himself. And those are the things to grab onto. And to say, I, you know, I'm going to believe in this. And, um, but uh, here, here's four things that are, and they're kind of in the negative here, uh, improper postures towards God. Number one, don't put God in a box. Um, uh, he's huge, uh, and he won't fit there. Uh, he, he doesn't fit my ideas. Uh, we need to get over that and study what are his ideas and challenge our own position. Um, let's let God be big. Um, we do not need to know all the answers. Um, we can explore all the answers. But he has his purposes. And we've got to let God be God. Number two, um, don't have an attitude of entitlement. Uh, God doesn't owe you uh, a happily ever after here. He, he doesn't owe you a, a healthy life. In fact, you know, really, um, who are we going to go to and blame, you know, that um, I'm, uh, uh, I'm not getting what I think I deserve? Uh, uh, and um, that would be an interesting uh, thing. That's number three, uh, by the way. It kind of goes with number two. Don't blame God that life isn't fair. God will bring justice in his time and in his way. And... Uh, and and we may not like that either because he's going to judge and uh, and he's going to judge with perfect justice um, uh, from his ways uh, number four don't make up your own agenda to this life setting your own values uh, we want to live for God's purposes found in his word and it's so easy living waking up in a temporal place like this to just kind of go about our life with, you know, some pursuits. And, yeah, it's not wrong to enjoy what God's given us, but those are all secondary. We need to live for eternal things and for the Lord. Um, and that's where we'll find um, uh, peace and we'll find uh, 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 clarity in, in uh, the big picture. Um, God is big and mysterious with big ways and purposes. The psalmist says, what is man that you are mindful of him? You know, we're just a speck. 
Who are we that God should even notice us? But uh, here's the amazing thing. Um, God does. He's personal and intimate. In fact, God is the most personal being in the universe. Um, He is limitless, yet he created everything that's down to earth, too. And uh, 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 he's more personal than we can imagine. He counts hairs on people's heads. He knows when the very smallest bird dies and cares about it. We, you know, I don't, I, I'm not, find a dead bird in our backyard. I'm not going, oh man, this is a bummer. I'm shoveling it over the fence, you know? <laughs> <clears throat> but not with God. He, he knows his creation perfectly. He created everything we understand as personal. Funny, intimate, serious, hyper, calm. He created the ordinary, vanilla, the beauty of silence, a pure deep breath of fresh air, a juicy peach, a warm summer night with crickets playing their song, cute puppies, a passionate kiss on the lips, Oh, yeah, kids, you need to go to the... Okay. A good scratch on the back. Being able to ride a horse. The new smell of blossoms. Just smelled that and had to put that down. The adventure of hunting or catching a fish. Snowballs from snow. The, The Lord knew that we would do that. Make snowballs and bean each other with them, you know? And, and kids would do that. Laughing so hard that you snort. You know? The Lord knew that would be funny on top of funny and that they'd keep doing it and they can't stop, you know? God created so many funny insects and animals. Uh, in, in this whole talk he had with Job, uh, uh, th- this is uh, Job 39, 17, and 18. He pulls out the ostrich and says, and the ostrich, I created the ostrich stupid and fast. The, the Lord's telling Job that. I cre- and you just want to go, Job, you should have raised your hand right then. Why? You know, wh- why? But, but God created uh, down to earth and said it was good. Uh, but even more, his virtues uh, that he put in our heart and our conscience, his justice, the goodness of God, and his love for people, for everything, the grace and mercy of God. God created everything good uh, uh, as an appetizer of him being the main course. And God wants to be our personal God and that we get to know him deeply, that we cultivate a relationship with him every day and this dependence of, of Jeremiah 17, 5, 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. Uh, there's three other parallel uh, verses I'd like to, to look at real quick. Um, Jeremiah 2, 13. Um, and, and it kind of goes with uh, uh, these there's many of these verses in the Bible this is what God's about he, he wants us to stop being God of our own life and, and follow and put our trust in him 
Jeremiah 2.13 says this, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own wells, broken wells that can't hold water. Why, why, why would we do this? Isaiah 50, 10 and 11. <clears throat> Isaiah 50, 10 and 11. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys his servant? If you are walking in darkness without a ray of light, okay, you don't have a flashlight, you don't have nothing. I'm in darkness, help. Trust in the Lord and rely on your God. But instead, some of you want to light your own fires and warm yourself by your own fires and make your own light. So go, walk in the light of your fires and trust your own light to guide you. But this is what you will receive from me. You will soon lie down in great torment. The third one here is uh, Psalms 118, a little more positive, but Psalms 118 says this, just listen. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, his steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his steadfast love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his steadfast love endures forever. Out of my distress, I called out to the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side as my helper. I will look in triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust princes. God knows everything about us. What we need, what's good for us, how we tick. Everything about everything. We can trust him. <clears throat> I mean, really, what other option do we have? And we see what, how God has created such a great creation and how good a God is, uh, our God is. Nothing comes close. <clears throat> if God is our ally, we have no problems. If God is our friend, we have no need. Um, and uh, some application here on, in your bulletins there. Um, you know, how do we get or keep an eternal perspective and, uh, and, and, or, or live in the comfort of that big picture uh, that so many have walked and lived in? Or putting on our joy uh, or the practice of trust. Um, I've got four things here. First off, number one, Thank the Lord for everything possible. You know, we start off our day and, and we praise the Lord for what's going on. Thank you for uh, the little things, a, a cup of coffee, uh, for salvation, for dying on the cross for me, for kids, for the sun, for everything. And just and we go through and thank the Lord. It beams us into his presence and acknowledging the Lord. And there's great joy to be had there. Number two, consider the temporal realities around us. And we really have 
no control over them. Um, uh, which is pretty much everything we don't have control over. There's no guarantees of our health, of when we're going to die, of keeping my stuff safe, from keeping it getting broken, from keeping my money from going away, uh, uh, and, and just keeping a temporal view that this is not my happily ever after here. That's what the world thinks. That's what the world puts its pressure in. That's why they're so angry when it gets taken or they get something they thought was going to be delivered uh, uh, to them and, and, and it was going to deliver great joy and it just brought sorrow. Um, let's not think like the world thinks. And uh, number three is the opposite of that. Consider the spiritual realities that we have of being in Christ, of being saved. Consider the spiritual realities. What does the word say? Uh, uh, who am I in Christ? What does it mean? Look at the eternity and what the plans are. Look at the promises of God. Second Corinthians 4, 16 and 18. You can just write that down. Here it is. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So some of these people are being sawn in two, uh, uh, and, and, and they're saying the, the uh, light and momentary, momentary troubles. You know, you, you think if you got sawn in two, you, you probably, um, depending on how quickly they saw, you know, you probably bleed to death first, maybe. But once it's over, it's over, right? It's temporary. Even that, we should not fear that being sawn into. I hope I don't get sawn into. But, you know, this is what these guys are. Now, catch this. This cracks me up. So we fix our eyes on not what is seen, but what is unseen. We fix our eyes on what is unseen. I fix my eyes on what is unseen. Is this written right? Yeah. Fix our eyes on not what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So that's the single eye of faith. It's, it's uh, uh, looking through our current circumstance to a greater reality. It's seeing those angels. You know, it's seeing the promises of God and relying on them. And... Um, that's number three. <clears throat> number four, pursue God deeply. Cultivate our passion for Jesus. Seek out eternal things in the kingdom. We were made to love the Lord. We were made to know his glory and to grow in his glory. Second Corinthians 3.18 says, we reflect his glory and grow in it from glory to glory. It's like a ladder of glory. We grow in from the time we become a Christian and find the Lord. And then he shows us more stuff and more things about him. And we just keep climbing up that ladder for eternity. He, he makes a, a continual glory ride where he makes known his riches of glory. And we should feast on that, on the Lord. Cultivate our relationship with the Lord. 
And then adjust, this is all part of four, okay? Adjust the value we put on things and, and on our time and, and temporal things. Uh, put them as second. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Um, and uh, and we, we have this great big God, and he's personal. And he wants to have a relationship with us. And we got to, you know, there's nothing wrong with our couches. We don't need to have a big couch burning in the parking lot, although it'd be kind of cool to do that. But it, it's not, he's, he, that's not the point. The point is he doesn't want us to camp out in our couch. He doesn't want us to just pursue uh, uh, temporal things, you know, uh, uh, trivial things. And, uh, and, a lot of those are great. I'd love to eat a steak, and, and I probably will, and I'll enjoy it. But that can't be my primary focus in life, is food and clothes and money and stuff. I have fall in love with the Lord every day and just keep pursuing Him. And that's where uh, uh, we can enjoy life and look through bad circumstances that might come our way. Let's pray. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, we do, uh, we love you so much and, and, uh, and we know you and so many times we get caught up in, in just stupid things. We just put too much energies uh, to things that don't matter and we get all stressed out about them and worry about them when you, uh, you want us to be consumed with you and help us do that every day uh, and uh, we just uh, want to put our trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen.